All right. It's the Roller Out the Barrel, a historic baseball podcast. A little different music to start off the show tonight. We're going to do a little different subject matter. Uh, as you know, on our previous recordings over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about how we're going to go outside of our box and try to bring you some interesting baseball material that you just don't run across all the time. So I've gone to the deepest, darkest places of the inner of the internet, and I have found some things. Uh, and tonight, uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but it certainly should be interesting. From the website, ripbaseball.com, it's Sam Gazejack. Sam, uh, how you doing? I'm doing really well, Matt. Thanks for having me on. So I want everybody that's listening right now to go to ripbaseball.com. Bring it up on your computer. I want you to pause this until you bring it up on your computer. And then hit play again. And we're back. Uh, When you go to RIP Baseball, the first thing that you run across are obituaries right off the bat. Like, boom, it's an obituary right on the front page. And that's what this is all about. So, Sam, please tell us what is RIPBaseball.com and how did this start? So RIP Baseball is kind of the uh, the combination of a whole lot of interests that I've always had. I've always been interested in baseball. I've been interested in in cemeteries and uh, grave sites, and um, I've been interested in writing. And so um, I always wanted to write about baseball, and this is kind of the weird little niche that I've found is whenever a ball player dies, uh, no matter if they've had a 20-year Hall of Fame career, or if they played one game in 1963, I will write an obituary about them. And so I will do all the research that I can and try and tell as complete a story about their life as possible. And uh, so that's kind of the main aspect of what it is. And then the other aspect is uh, going back into baseball history and finding the grave sites of anybody who's ever played baseball or managed baseball or owned a baseball team or played in the Negro Leagues. Um, if, if they have something to do with baseball and if I can find their grave site, I will visit them. I will take a picture of that and then I will try and research and tell their story too. So the baseball player that's up uh, first right here is Preston Hanna. I would assume that Preston Hanna is the most recent uh, player that has passed away that you have come across. Is, is that right? You do this chronologically? Um, I do them in the order that I can get to them, yeah. So I've got a queue of about five or six people right now. Um, the one that I'm working on right now is a guy named Vic Devalillo. Uh, he was kind of the 1960s version of Julio Franco. Uh, he played, uh, came from Venezuela, uh, came and played, had a pretty good career, and then he just kept going. He was even after he was no longer a starter, he was just that guy who came off the bench and for decades and decades. And uh, he played in the majors until until about 1980 or 81. Uh, played in the minor leagues, played in the Mexican league, played in the Venezuela winter league. Uh, all total, he's one of those guys that racked up uh, more than 4,000 career hits. But uh, but he died um, early December. And uh, so that's, that's currently what I'm working on now. But there's been, um, I think, about four or five others that have passed away recently, too. So, like I said, I've, got a, I've had a, a queue that's very between one or two or five or six for most of the year. And so 
uh, whenever I'm able to uh, get away and get a couple hours uh, between work and family and all the other things that you have to do in life, uh, I just try and uh, do a little bit of research. So what do you use for uh, your your research? Or First, how do you get contacted that somebody passed? Uh, normally, a Major League Baseball team will send out some sort of you know, in memoriam too, but you've probably got some obscure players on here. Where do you get that information that somebody passed? So you wouldn't think about it, but there's actually a, a fairly active community of people who follow baseball player passing. Um, so I, I get uh, Facebook notifications. There are email notifications. And then um, I've got, uh, you know, notifications. Uh, sometimes like you said, if the team, We'll announce it on uh, on social media. I'll get notified about that. Um, so just there are a lot of different ways to find out about it. And uh, then you just go and try and find the uh, the family obituary, if possible, or find a, uh, a story that was written about him just to get some of the details down. And then I dig back into newspaper archives as far back as they'll go. So um, there is a pretty sizable collection of digitized newspapers. Uh, pretty much covering the entire 20th century, a uh, pretty good chunk of the 19th century, too, for when I'm going really back into baseball history. But I just go year by year and try and find information about that player. Um, not so much the statistics, because, I mean, statistics are a huge part of any baseball life. But it's trying to find the stories beyond that. Uh, what did they like to do in their off times? What were they known for? What was their personality? Uh, do they have any off the field issues? Do they have any on field issues? Um, sometimes baseball history isn't always pretty, so you've got to kind of cover the good and the bad. But um, it's just trying to get a, a complete picture of a person more than just what their their stat line is on baseball reference. Uh, I found you when I came across the obituary for Willie Hernandez. So I'm from Michigan, big Tigers fan. Came across Willie Hernandez obituary. This is, uh, you must have got this one out pretty quick. Uh, it because he has it wasn't too long ago before his obituary showed up on your site that he had passed. I don't believe, but uh, honestly, I didn't realize he was still alive. So I <laughs> when when I found out he passed, I felt guilty about that. Uh, but then I was reading through your obituary, and one of the cool things that you add to your obituaries is for one, you got stories, you got con- you got detail, you got stats, you've got old baseball cards, which I just love. And I came across this Willie Hernandez Chicago Cubs with the afro sticking out the side of the hat. And mm-hmm. I had that card when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is great. And then there's a picture of, of him pitching uh, for the Detroit Tigers, uh, something we're very familiar to seeing. And there's him jumping uh, into Daryl Evans's arms after they won the World Series. So uh, very cool. It's it's very long. So these obituaries, you're putting a lot of time into it. You're giving a lot of backstory and information to people on these. It's not just a paragraph or two. Well, I think everybody deserves a little bit more than just a a couple of paragraphs, I figure. Um, Even if you just played a handful of games in the majors, you had to have gotten there somehow. So there's 
a good five or six year struggle in the minors just to get to that point. And so I try to make sure that that's all, that's all reference. Um, you know, with Willie, you know, I, I remember you know, I was growing up in Chicago in the eighties. So he was one of the, he's on one of the, some of the first Cubs teams that I can actually remember watching. So, um, when a player like that, that's a little bit close to home because that's someone whose baseball cards I collected, uh, those cards that were on that website or scanned, uh, the ones that I scanned. So those are my cards. Um, and I just, you know, for, for those, I feel like I want to learn a little bit more about them too, because I had their baseball cards. I probably have checked their page out, their stats page out, but I just want to know a little bit more about them. Now you're only dealing with content and obituary writing for players that have passed on. You have not started obituaries for players that are still alive. True or false? I don't. True. Um, the, the only the only time I, I have written one story about a player who is alive, and that was uh, Dwight Smith. I was asked to write a story about him for a, a Sabre book that came out about the 95 Atlanta Braves. And so I wrote the story, and then about a year after that, he died. So I don't. You know, I, I'm not writing anything more about any living players. Okay, so that's what I was. <laughs> that's what I was kind of getting to is, you want to stay away from a possible jinx scenario. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there, there are some things I don't want to bring into the universe, man. And that's that's just it. <laughs> so, what was the very first obituary that everyone's going to find when they go all the way to the beginning? Uh, see, that would have been, um, I started in 2018. So, uh, it'd be, uh, it's, it's going back a bit. Um, the, 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 I can't remember what were some of the first ones that I wrote. I think, uh, Willie McCovey would have been one of the really mm-hmm. first ones. And so, and that was tough because when you've got someone who is had that long career and something that everybody knows about, it's really hard to find something that kind of unique or interesting about them because they pretty much, you know, every aspect of their life has been written about. So, um, so those, those first early obits are pretty short. Um, as, as the, the site has gone on, uh, my writing has gotten a lot longer. So but I'm, I'm a writer by nature. So just, you know, I, I've kind of thrown aside the idea of uh, a word count and just go until I finish the story. Is there anywhere people can go to see some of your writings other than the obituaries on RIP Baseball? Uh, I have written a little bit for Sabre. Uh, I've written a couple things in the Sabre bio, bio project. Uh, Dwight Smith was one. Um, Mike Sharperson was another one. Uh, a really fun one was Sled Allen, who is, uh, he was a, a Boston Brave, uh, uh, sorry, St. Louis Browns third string catcher. But then he went to Lubbock, Texas, and was a music promoter and a professional wrestling promoter. And I joke that he was the guy who brought Gorgeous George and Elvis Presley to Lubbock. Uh, not at the same time. But, uh, but his kid is Terry Allen, and he is a Texas music legend. So, uh, and I, I love Texas music, so that was, uh, that was a neat thing to write about. Um, other than that, the other stuff that I've written all throughout my life, I've, I've done music reviews, I've done some artist interviews, uh, then my worst stuff I have written, my, my journalism career, I have been writing about uh, woodworking and meat processing. So um, they're, they're kind of, you know, in the weed stuff and they're really 
far from baseball, but I figure, you know, you've got to have a side hustle or a side interest. So baseball was my, baseball was my side hustle. Uh, meat processing and woodworking. It sounds like a Ron Swanson situation from Parks and Rec. <laughs> uh, can you tell me about a time where you were writing an obituary and you started uh, really connecting with the material and the person you were writing about, and it affected you more than you thought it would? Um, I have written a couple, and it's usually the guys who have the short careers because I'm going into it completely cold. I know nothing about them. Um, one of the guys that I wrote about was someone named Mark, Mark Littell. Uh, he was a, a, a stopper for the, for the Royals and the Cardinals. It was in like the 70s and 80s. But I uh, didn't know much about him as I was following through and uh, doing my research to find out that he was one of the guys who really first popularized the idea of, uh, of a music, you know, uh, music being played when a starter or a closure came out onto the field. Uh, his theme song was Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver. And I thought that was pretty cool. That was a neat little bit of baseball history. Uh, but then after that, this was, an interesting guy, very down to earth, very humorous. After his career was done, of all things, he invented a better protective cup, which was not something that I would have seen coming when I was starting to write this. But he was the inventor of a thing called the Nutty Buddy, <laughs> and it was uh, it was supposed to be a a better and more comfortable cup. And so I went down this wormhole of commercials that he did, uh, most of which involved him getting smacked in the groin by something and shaking it off completely. And I could have, I could have, it took me twice as long to write the obituary just because I went down the uh, the YouTube wormhole with that one and, and just could not stop watching these commercials. They're, they're awesome. But that, and again, that's someone I never would have thought about him, never would have known him, but. I became a fan after after the pack. The nutty buddy. Uh, also at the website, you can go and you can click on support of RIP baseball. So if you are listening to this episode and you know that uh, you get to listen to all my content, I throw out there for free. But I, when I run across something like this that we can support, I just ask you to throw a couple of bucks Sam's way uh, in support of his project, his baseball content that we all eat up num 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 because we love it so much uh there is a, a spot on here also grave stories what is the grave stories uh section about on the website so it's um it's similar in tone it's just i'm going back into baseball history uh, i've always thought that uh cemeteries are pretty interesting places to go around um I've never, I know some people are kind of weirded out by that or they avoid them or hold their breath whenever they drive past them. I've never been bothered by them. Um, I think they're pretty neat. They're pretty scenic, um, especially if you go into some of the really old cemeteries. They're absolutely just stunning. Um, and they're very picturesque and very beautiful. So I've been going to cemeteries for about three or four years and go out with the idea of trying to find some uh, ball players or people who are connected with baseball. And then I will... Uh, go get their picture and I'll bring, bring it back home and start working on a, a story about them. So it's a kind of obituaries, but it gets me back into the, the 1800s or early 1900s, um, different aspects of baseball that I, you wouldn't really know about now. So we just actually had an interview last night 
this being Tuesday, but actually, Sam, this is getting released on Thursday. So it's Thursday, and this uh, this last Monday we interviewed a gentleman from the Smithsonian Magazine who did an article on Mo Berg. Are you familiar with Mo Berg? Oh, the catcher who is a spy, right? Correct. That would okay. be an interesting obituary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I do limit myself with those is that my, my rule is that I'm only going to write a grave story after I've been to where they're buried. So I've got to, I'd have to figure out where Mo's buried and, and, and go check that out. But that's my way of just keeping myself honest because I figure if I was to just write about interesting people in baseball history, I'd probably write about the same 20 or 30 people that everybody always writes about. So um, going to find, you know, a guy who played one game in 1890 or something like that is uh, my way of just making it interesting for me because that's, that's the challenge of can I find anything out about this most random of people? And sometimes I strike out, uh, you know, I go through ancestry and try and find census records or as much information as I can. And sometimes I just find these absolutely tremendous stories. Well, I just Googled Moberg's uh, gravesite. You're not going to find them. So we're not going to see anything on on uh, your website. Uh, nobody knows where he's buried, and that goes with his life, if you know anything about him. That, his, that would fit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> his ashes were apparently taken to uh, Israel, but nobody knows where uh, they are. So, well, whatever. It Probably not a place I'm going to be visiting. So are, do you go looking for grave sites that are hard to find? Like, do you find material on a grave site that is not, doesn't give you a, a, an exact location, but gives you a general idea? So you're kind of treasure hunting for a grave site, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Do you do that? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes the information is, is pretty handy. There, uh, there have been a couple of websites in the past that had exact GPS coordinates of where you could go. And now, um, there's a, a guy named, uh, Dr. Fred Worth who's been to thousands of baseball related graves. And so he's got all that information online now. Um, so that is, uh, part of a, a saber project. So, so you can use that and, that would get you within a couple of feet of whoever you're looking for. But there have been plenty of times where I go to a cemetery with just the knowledge that someone that I need to go see is buried there, but I have no idea where. So um, sometimes you just hunt around. If it's a small enough site and you figure you can spend 20 minutes walking around, um, you might get lucky and and find them. Other times you got to go to the office and um, try not to, freak anybody out and say, I'm trying to find these old baseball players who are buried in your cemetery. Can you help me? Um, most times they will. It's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's public information. And if you say that you're doing it for research, they, they pretty much will be willing to help you out. Have you ever been traveling non-baseball related and, uh, just were bored in a hotel and decided to Google what baseball players were, were buried in this town and then head out to the, head out to the cemetery. Uh, my family can tell you stories about how I have taken family vacations and had a side trip to a cemetery. Yes. Uh, we've had a few like that. Um, we're in the area. Um, 
like we had a family visit, a family vacation to Hawaii of all places. And so, you know, with all the, uh, with all the beaches, with all the tropical forests, with all the, the bars and the drinks that were there, I decided to go try and find a couple of cemeteries and, uh, and find everybody who was buried in Hawaii. And I think there was only about five or six of them total in about three different cemeteries on on Oahu. But uh, I tracked all but one of them down, and that was because I didn't know where he was buried. Um, so I got that location later. So if I ever get another trip to Oahu, I got to go back out and get there. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was neat. Uh, that was uh, the, the historical aspect was that um, Alexander Cartwright is buried on Oahu. So one of the baseball real pioneers uh, is there. And then um, there is, an, um, along with, uh, found that, I found where Iz's ashes were buried. If you ever seen, uh, you know, the, the big Hawaiian guy who's saying, what a wonderful world. Uh, he, I found where his ashes were scattered. So that was pretty cool. And uh, ran across about three dozen wild chickens that were just kind of hanging out in the Hawaii cemetery. <laughs> so I had one laying egg on my rental van. Nice. Uh, Sam, have you ever been writing an obituary and found out some really shady things about somebody and then it just kept getting worse and worse and you decided I'm not going to do this obituary or I'm just going to leave all of that out? (laughs) Um, There's a couple of guys who are still living that I think I'm going to have to try to think real hard about how I'm going to approach it. There, there's been a few that I've had where, you know, they might have held different opinions uh, than me on things, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to try and hold that against them. Um, one time I was writing something and there was just a random comment on a random co- column where it just said, this player did not like black people. And there was no context for it. And I couldn't find any information about why. But it was just there. So I, and you know, so I get things like that and I don't know how to approach it. So um, I generally kind of leave those things out just because I figure these are pretty, the, the people that I've had that happen to are pretty unknown players. And if there's a fairly decent chance from what I found is that the players' families will eventually come across these things. So sometimes it's just, not worth stirring that stuff up. Now, there's been a couple of people who have had jail sentences that you kind of can't overlook that. Um, the the one that you had mentioned about Preston Hanna, um, he had some real issues with the Braves, and uh, they basically forced him into rehab, uh, alcohol rehab, or else they'd release him, and he had a lot of issues about how they handled that, and was not afraid to kind of spill the tea about how much other people on the team were drinking uh, as he was leaving. So, um, you know, it's, it's not always pretty, but it was baseball history. And um, so, so that some of, some of that stuff I did throw in. So you, you just shot over what my next question was when you said, uh, you know, sometimes eventually family members are going to run across this. Have you ever been contacted? about misinformation or where you got your information? <laughs> um, not, not in a bad way. I've had people reach out to me. I've had a lot of uh, wives and children uh, reach out and say, well, you know, you found information that I didn't even know about. So I think that's, that's pretty neat. 
um, I always like hearing that because it feels maybe I've kind of helped them learn a little bit more about their husband or their dad. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where I have the, the children wrong. And sometimes that's just, again, life gets a little bit messy. So maybe you're talking about children from multiple marriages and some people maybe get left out of family obituaries. Um, and so I put them in. And so I've had a couple of emails that veered on getting awkward, but I figure, you know, it's only right to include all of their kids, not just the ones that are part of the, the current marriage. So I, I oblige them for that and we'll add that information in. Absolutely. We're talking to Sam Gazejack, uh, writer, owner of RIP Baseball. Uh, Sam, what Sabre chapter are you a member of? Well, I was part of the Magnolia chapter in Atlanta for, for about five or six years, but I've just moved up to central Pennsylvania. And so I'm kind of finding my way with that one. Um, there is supposed to be a central Pennsylvania chapter, but it doesn't seem like it's uh, completely active and, and may actually not even be uh, around anymore. So uh, I've, uh, I've got some friends who are in the Philadelphia chapter and some friends who are in the Baltimore chapter. And I'm kind of in between those two areas. So I will probably be uh, making some visits with some of those folks. So you mentioned you were interested in checking out a 19th century baseball game in Pennsylvania. And uh, I yeah. have just the guy to steer you to. Uh, Excellent. Uh, a good friend of mine is Adam Johnson. He is the captain of the Addison Mountain Stars in Pennsylvania. Uh, one of the most highly thought of clubs in the Midwest. And uh, I am going to pass on uh, your information to him. And if Addison is not close to you, I believe Addison is somewhat close to the West part of Pennsylvania. Uh, he will know exactly what clubs are close to you. So you can go check out a club. And and, That's cool. and watch them. Uh, Pennsylvania, not a state that I am highly familiar with other than just uh, a couple of clubs. So he will be able to help you with that. And this summer, you'll be able to see a bunch of crazy people catching line drives with no gloves. I would absolutely love <laughs> to see that. I've, I've, I've known about it for for a while now, but living in Georgia, they don't, I, I don't think that there are any vintage clubs and I'm probably, you know, he might not want to be wearing wool uniforms when it's a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity out in, uh, in the middle of July and August. So it hadn't really caught on down there, but um, yeah, that was one of the, one of the perks about moving up a little bit North was that, Ooh, there's, there's all sorts of baseball history and baseball fans up here. So that would be very cool. I would love that. Yeah, I don't know of any in Georgia. There, There is uh, a startup in Florida going on that has been going on for a few years now that has some clubs. Uh, but the, the wool uniforms, not so much. Uh, that, that didn't make the cut so much. It's more of a visual uh, authenticity more than the material, but some do. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's all kinds of different years. Uh, from the 1850s all the way up to the 1880s uh, that get played. So uh, we're going to hook you up with that that information and uh, give you something else to write about, hopefully. 
Yeah. So I'd love that. So Sam, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, what, what it's, I don't, I don't know how to say it. We love baseball. Everyone listening loves baseball. You feel you want to go out on your website. There's an archive. You can look up all the obituaries alphabetically. You want to look up players that you're familiar with and everything, but you feel kind of, I don't know, dirty. I'm dirty is not the right word, but (laughs) you just, you're like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, but, uh, but everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's morbid. I, I will freely admit that it is pretty morbid what I do because no one wants to, no one wants to think about this end of of a person's baseball career, you know. Um, but it's just, um, I look at it as just telling a story. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I know I'm an obituary writer, but I always consider myself to be a storyteller first and foremost. So it's just that I'm, I'm happy to happen to be telling the stories about people who are recently deceased. So if, you know, if, if the idea of an obituary or a whole website devoted to death weirds you out, just think about it as going to a website where there are a whole bunch of baseball stories that you might not know. Because we've got, you know, a few Hall of Famers uh, that I've written about. There are some people that have had pretty long and illustrious careers, but there are a whole bunch of people that you have never heard of. And we have got... Um, some fairly wild stories, especially if you go back to uh, some of the folks from the from the early uh, earliest in baseball history. Um, there is uh, crazy stories with alcohol and murder and uh, robbery and prison and um, it's you know baseball has got a wild history and I do my best to tell that one ball player's story at a time. Murder? Who doesn't love a good murder? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah. Well, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> Sam, stay on the line for me so I can say goodbye to you like an adult. And thanks, mm-hmm. thanks for everybody for listening to this uh, episode. You got some, you got some information over the last half an hour that you didn't think you were going to have come into your life, and now it's in your life, and now use it, do something with it. I just brought up Vin Scully's obituary while I was in the archives. And that's the next one I'm going to read. And uh, I can't wait. And it's nice and long. And the longer, the better on these, the more juicy information you're going to get besides just the hard facts. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget next week we have Professor Harvey Rosenfeld from the book Baseball's Bastards. We're going to talk about World Series shenanigans other than the the Black Sox scandal. There's other ones. We're probably going to get into the 1934 Detroit Tigers. So uh, tune in next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening.